Welcome to a now ray-traced episode of Save Station Radio. That's right, everybody. The year has just begun, and we already have a bonus app for you. What, on the second? Wow. We're uh, start, we're kicking things off right this year. Uh, I am, of course, your normal host, Dustin, and with me is my co-host, Cotter. Hello there. Hey, how, how are you ray-traced? I'm not ray traced, unfortunately. Oh, you're missing out. You're missing out. I know. <laughs> uh, and on this episode, we're going to be kind of giving it a review slash impressions of the PS5 because I managed to get one. So, you know, if you're starving for that kind of thing, we've got that for you. And then we're going to talk about uh, in more in depth about Astro's Playroom because I played that and I was like, Connor, you have to play this and we have to talk about it because it's that good. But we're going to get to that later on in the show. Um, first, we're going to start off talking about the PS5, sort of general impressions, um, and the first thing I'm going to say is, it is way bigger than you think it is. <laughs> like, Yeah, I will, oh, I will attest to that. I've seen videos of, like, unboxings and whatnot, and I'm like, dang, that's big. In person, it's a lot bigger than you think it is. <laughs> it is massive. It is a thick boy, for sure. Um, I should say, this is a bonus episode... Uh, no to very minimal editing on this bad boy. So, not going to add any swears or anything like that. Uh, even though we are talking about a kid's game, which is usually what I do. But uh, this one, we're going to hopefully have it out the day after we record it. So, it's just not enough time. Uh, so, lots of fucking swears in this one. Um, yeah, it is massive. <laughs> like, so, if you have minimal space where you're gonna put it uh you're gonna need to expand or plan better or something like there is no room for me to put that thing standing up basically in my entertainment center which is what they want you to do with it like it's clearly designed to be standing up straight up um you can lay it on its side it's a bit weird it comes with a stand that works both ways so you can you know stand it up like it's an original ps2 or something and then uh it, the stand also clips under the back of it so it can be on its side. It's awkward because the thing is not flat on the sides. It's curved. So the stand is basically uneven to account for that, which is a little bit weird. Uh, you have to look at these tiny little marks to figure out where to put it. So it, it's a bit awkward looking on its side, but whatever. Um, so just a fair bit of warning there. Um, well, let's start off. You have a bunch of questions, so I'm going to attempt to answer them. Yeah, so, so like he mentioned, Dustin was able to secure the PS5. Uh, we went together to the GameStop to try and order it from their weird thing. Um, but we got Shout it. Shout out to so... the poor GameStop employees who had to... Oh man, they had it rough. But yeah. huge shout out, they got us hooked up. So. so Dustin has the PS5 now. And I have not spent much time with it. I did play Astro's Playroom, but that was about it. Maybe like a little bit of Dreams, but... Not yeah, you the came best over for basically an evening. Yeah, so not a whole lot of time spent with it on my end. So my first question for you is, how is the SSD feel with your load times? Fantastic. Um, so the only games I've used that really have utilized it uh, are Spider-Man and Astros. Uh, other games have used it. I'm also playing a lot of Assassin's Creed, and that loads very quickly, but it still has a loading screen. So Astrobot and Spider-Man are the only two games that just straight up don't have loading screens. Um, it's pretty much just instant. And with Spider-Man in particular, it's incredible because you can literally boot that game up and you're in the open world. Um, no start screen, no logos, no anything. It just puts you there, which is really cool and honestly really spoils me on other games. <laughs> like It really annoys me when I boot up Assassin's Creed and it throws me into the main menu. I'm like, no, just put me there. No, I'm I'm ready to go. We're starting. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah, it's um it's really genuinely nice. Uh and I suspect the Sony games that are um you know going to be built for that in particular like Spider-Man will will utilize that properly. And I hope some of the third-party games get on board with that too. Uh, cuz it is weird to play Assassin's Creed now and have it load you into that weird like black void <laughs> that all the Assassin's Creed games do. Um still even if it's a lot shorter, it's still bizarre. Um I will say, it doesn't seem to have any effect on backwards compatible stuff, at least the stuff I've tried. Uh, I tried Spyro Reignited, because I'm me, and then Tony Hawk, because uh, I'm me, 
and and the last of us the last of us did seem to load quite a bit quicker but it also still had a loading screen uh part two i should say uh spyro and tony hawk seemed about the same as they were on ps4 which is unfortunate okay so it seems like they need to have some sort of design around it to be able to take control of the speed yeah or just be patched that way for the ps4 versions to work because i know uh because you can't get enhancements on uh, backwards compatible games if they're built for it. So I know, like, if you have a game that doesn't have, that isn't capped on frame rate, it'll run smoothly, pretty much. It seems like in almost all instances. Uh, God of War being a huge one, which I haven't got a chance to check out yet. Uh, but, like, anything that has a 30, sec- uh, 30 frames per second cap is still going to be 30, uh, even though it could go higher. It's, it's going to be on developers to patch those games. All right, so, I mean, this is kind of what we're getting on, but what games have you played on it so far? So, yeah, um, uh, so the stuff I've spent the most time with has been Astro Bot and Spider-Man and Assassin's Creed, and then I've also been here and there playing Sackboy. I started, I played most of that on PS4, but I obviously switched over to PS5. Um, I've been, I checked out Spyro, I checked out Tony Hawk. Uh, those have been the bigger ones. Yeah, I'd say that pretty much covers what I've played. I have Bug Snacks installed, but just haven't had time to jump in on that one. And this is Assassin's Creed Valhalla you're talking yeah, about, yeah. correct? Okay. Um So with the you know, just getting things going, starting up your PS five, how do you feel about the general UI layout? Uh I think it's really nice. It's really slick looking. It basically looks like a nicer version of the PS4's layout with the tiles everything uh it's a lot smaller it's kind of shoved up to into the uh, top left corner uh and when you mouse over to a game it it so they basically have dropped themes altogether from the ui and now it just shows like a big large version of the whatever the game's artwork is which works for ps4 games too and i i think it looks really nice uh it looks very clean and and generally good uh all the like system level stuff all the settings menus and stuff look exactly like the ps4s did uh so not really any changes there uh but just in general it's nice uh it's got a new feature when you hit the home button it doesn't bring up that kind of like 360 style slide menu that the ps4 did now it has this like pop-up menu at the bottom with a bunch of different uh options like you can quickly access whatever's downloading uh you can go back to the home screen you can there's a game switcher thing, so you can switch between games really quickly if you want. Uh, stuff for PS4 parties is there. Uh, sound options. Uh, I There's a couple things you can pin there. I pinned the accessibility option, uh, which will allow you to do things like put closed captioning on through the console or uh, completely invert uh, the screen, stuff like that. Um, so it's nice. It's not as fully featured as I like. For example, there's no trophy options on it, which is weird. I would think that that would be one of the first things on there so that's kind of interesting i hope that they change that because i like to look at trophies and that would be nice but other than that i do like it it feels snappy it feels good um the ps4 ui i don't know if you had this experience but like the last like three years with it it has chugged and been kind of a miserable experience trying to do anything that ui is kind of it, it it feels like it's kind of broken under its own weight you know what i mean uh whereas this just feels snappy and good all right that's that's good to hear. I, from what I dealt with, I was mainly searching for the trophies and couldn't find them. But it, it's good that the other things that it does work pretty well. Yeah, and the other thing it does is when you hit that home button too. Uh, one of the newer features is the activities, which and it's gonna depend on game by game if they support it. But it's this idea that it'll pull up this list of things you could do, that will jump you to specific parts in the game so spider-man has all these like combat challenges and stealth challenges and stuff uh dotted around the open world map and those will show up in the activity section in the console ui and if you click on one of those it'll just boot the game up to that spot so if it's like i want to do this combat challenge and improve my score you can just go there and do that and it'll boot it up in the game instantly which is really cool and one of the best new features i think uh, you can almost use it as a pseudo fast travel system too <laughs> Which is really interesting. Um, yeah, it sounds like it. That's going to be interesting to see third parties try and take it, try and take that, and use it because 
it seems very specific to try and work around. So one of the best features I've seen with it has been uh, Astro's Astro's Playroom has, and we'll talk about this a little more, but it has time trials uh, where you um, are obviously racing for time. And you can just, all of those are listed in that activity bar, so you can just boot them up whenever. Um, you can see if somebody beat your score or whatever and challenge them again and prove. And so I think like like racing games and sort of score attack games and stuff will probably use that stuff best. But I, I could see it being used in other interesting ways too. Um, the other kind of major component to that activity section is some games, not all games, Spider-Man doesn't seem to have it unless I'm just missing it, will have a guide feature. So if you're stuck on a specific activity... It'll show up in that bar, and it'll give you a video on how to do it. Uh, Sackboy has it, and I don't think Astral... I didn't notice it in Astral's Playroom, though that game is really easy, so I don't think it looked... I didn't. I thought to look, but... Um, so, yeah, the idea is that basically they'll have guides for certain things. If you're stuck, you can just hit the home button and look on your console instead of, like, going to a third-party site, which the one time I tried it with... Sackboy was really cool and really useful, uh, but I haven't found much use for it since then. I'm potentially planning on picking up Demon's Souls, so maybe I'll have more to say if I end up getting that game, because that seems like it would be more useful there. Yeah, uh, but too it, much of a pro gamer to need a guide, is what you're yeah, saying? The, yes, yes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I have gotten good. Most of y'all need to get on my level. Uh, but I, I think that's really cool and a really nice accessibility feature uh, for those who need it. Uh, yeah, well, and it's nice because it, I have had that where I would just be in a game and not know what to do, so I would always just look it up on my phone, and yes. that definitely takes you out of it, so this is a little bit more streamlined from what it sounds like. Yes, totally. I've seen it get some backlash from uh, from uh, monsters. <laughs> it's it's like, it's kind of like the same people who hate uh, trophies and achievements, right? Where it's just like, oh, it's, okay. it's the well, kind of thing where it's down. like, if you don't like it, don't use it. I, I think you can turn all that stuff off, so it's not the end of the world. Um, I think it's neat, though. Uh, and I think that's kind of the the larger UI stuff. Everything else that's new is just kind of minimal. Oh, one thing that I would like to mention that I thought was pretty cool. Uh, a, the media section is a lot nicer now. On PS4, it was just kind of listed with your games, and you'd have to click into it to get to anything, and it was organized terribly. Um, this time around, it's like a different tab up close. So it's like you'll have a tab that says games and then a tab that says media, um, which is a lot nicer and a lot smoother. And then it right now it only shows the apps I have installed, which is really nice. Which was a problem with the PS4. Um, yeah, that's that was so weird that the PS4 did that because I'm thinking now, and from what it sounds like you're describing is the way the Xbox 360 did that, <laughs> and maybe yeah. the Xbox One. I didn't mess with that, um, but. Like, that seems like such a basic thing to do. And, yeah, the PS4 menu for that was exceptionally awful. Oh, it's terrible. Uh, and this is just a lot cleaner, a lot smoother. They feel like separate pieces of the UI now, which is how I would like it to be. Um, yeah, and one of the things I noticed about it, um, I don't know about this with other apps. I, I have Disney Plus and Netflix and um, Amazon. I didn't notice it with those, but with the YouTube app, in particular, I downloaded it, it automatically signed me in because of it's tied to my uh, PlayStation account. And already on that bar, it'd be like, do you want to go to YouTube? And then right next to it, it'd have suggested videos that are just pulled from my account. So it was like, you know, videos that I would have wanted to watch anyway that I could just launch from the UI, which is a cool feature. Um, and it is pulling from the recommended videos. So, you know, just depends on how successful your recommendations are, if that'll be useful to you. But I thought that was kind of neat. Yeah, that is actually pretty neat. Like, the sort of more global integration, it sounds like. Yeah, totally. Um, we talked a little bit about sort of the accessibility options. Uh, how do you feel about them? Are they good enough, exceed expectations, or how do you feel about that? So, for my purposes, I, uh, I, I am somebody who has low vision, right? So I need to... So the kind of features I'm looking for are larger text and uh, potentially magnifier, a magnifying feature, which I did not see. I did not see a magnifying feature, which is a shame. Um, it does have large text options. Uh, it had normal, large, and then extra large. I just put it on large, and it was bigger than I needed, which is cool. So I haven't even seen what extra large looks like, or very large, or whatever they call it. Uh, so that that's great for me. Um, you can do a contrast mode where it'll invert all the colors. Um, it has text-to-speech stuff for the menus. Um, 
And interestingly, I found uh, with with writing stuff, you can speech to text too, which is awesome. Oh, um, that's because, really great. Yes, which is something I've wanted forever with the PS4. Um, it's something that I really struggle with as somebody who uses that to write. It's incredibly helpful because um, every PS4 controller now has a microphone on it, which is going to be bad in some ways. <laughs> but for this, it's great. Uh, so you can utilize that. And also, shout out to a Twitter app on a console finally letting you use 280 characters or whatever. <laughs> it's like, that has been a long time coming. Um, Does the PS4 not do that? No. <laughs> it oh defaults God. to whatever They're... the old limit was. Uh, the Switch does too, which is a much newer console. It's wild. Um, yeah, it's wild. Yeah, but but yeah, that that stuff. So from accessibility standpoint, it seems much better than the PS4. Um, though it could be improved. I I would like to see that magnifier. But um, those are, those are the things I've noticed, and maybe the magnifier's in there and I just didn't notice. Uh, I don't I don't believe so. I've been watching some stuff. I do believe the Xbox Series has a magnifier, but I don't believe the PlayStation does just yet. So that actually dovetails nicely into the controller, because there are accessibility options around that. Um, if you don't know, the controller is honestly probably the best part of the new console. It's um, it's got the it's got the you know everybody's got a microphone in it, which is great for accessibility, um, and it's got a bunch of rumble features. Um, if you have ever used a Switch and used their HD rumble stuff, it's a lot like that, but way better. <laughs> um, it's the same concept where it is localized rumble um, and made so it can be distinguished of what it, what's happening, not just shaking. So um, Astrobot uses it best, for example. When you're walking around on different surfaces, it rumbles differently, and you can feel it. You can feel like this is sand versus this is wood or this is metal that I'm walking on. It's really neat. Um, the triggers also have rumble in them but they also uh have how how do i describe it it's it's the haptic resistance right yes so they have like locks so you they resist your pull um like a a game can resist your pull on certain things so unfortunately the game apparently that uses that best is call of duty and uh i did not try that one because i did not want to pay their blood money (laughs) um to upgrade my copy which is really annoying thing uh but yeah so the idea would be like if you're playing a shooter uh every gun you're shooting could feel differently uh depending on the tension and you know how much pull you can give the trigger which is a really cool idea and playing astro's playroom gives me like it kind of gives you a a good concept of what that could look like um we've heard the uh loop developers talk about how there's a mechanic in that game where guns will jam and you'll feel that in the trigger which i'm really excited to get to games that actually use that stuff well um but all of this in terms of accessibility can be turned off so you can just use the dual sense as a normal dual shock dual shock controller if you want uh but it's all there you could also adjust it i saw there were options to make it less intense so you can still have it but not as as intensely as it is which is okay that's really good, good though because when i was playing it i did find the sort of haptic resistance of the triggers to be somewhat tiring overall like especially in like um longer sessions i could see that being really exhausting so having the ability to tone it down while still having it or just completely turn it off is definitely uh welcome yes and because of the snappiness of the console you can just go in and you know do it whenever you feel like it so it it doesn't feel like like if this was stuff was on ps4 it would be a chore to turn that stuff on and off whenever you felt like it here it's much easier to do that um personally with that stuff i have loved it i have not felt the need to turn it down or turn it off uh it's the kind of thing where honestly playing it has totally made me a snob and now playing games without that stuff bums me out like i want it uh assassin's creed does not seem to support any of that which is a real shame i want to feel that like that crunch of swinging a big heavy axe or whatever in that game um i really want god of war to get a patch which is partially the reason i haven't tried it to use that stuff in last of us part two because i feel like those games would use it to great effect um and, and you i mean you can see that playing astros and um other games like that spider-man uses it in the triggers when you're web swinging around the city it's got 
you know, it, it uses it very subtly too, unlike Astrobot, which is kind of in your face about it. Uh, Spider-Man just has little subtle tensions. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a really neat thing. Um, and the DualSense overall feels really nice. It feels like a very quality controller. It's got nice weight to it. It's shaped like the PS4 controller, so if you're used to that, you'll be right at home here. It has a, a nice textured back, backing to it. It reminds me of actually the... Um, the sort of nicer Xbox One controllers, which is is nice. It feels good. Um, it doesn't feel... Like, HD Rumble, to me, on the Switch, always felt kind of gimmicky and not really... Like, I get that that one game in one to Switch lets you feel the Ice Cube or whatever, but, like, I never really found any games that used it well. This doesn't feel that way. This feels kind of revolutionary, honestly. <laughs> it's wild. So, with all of these unique features of the DualSense and the console and all of its capabilities, which new feature excites you the most for the future? Oh, I... Man, um... I'm excited for SSDs to be standard, because I think we're going to get some really great stuff out of that. Uh, we're already seeing stuff like Ratchet and & Clank, and uh, I don't think it's on PlayStation, unfortunately, but that game, The Medium... Uh, which are kind of using it to do teleporting or switching between worlds or whatever. And that's all, that's stuff's great too, but I think it'll be greatly helpful in just a big normal open world game too. Uh, streaming in the world faster and making that stuff work more seamlessly and uh, you know cutting down on these large load times, which have been particularly problematic as we've gotten closer to the end of the PS4 generation. Um, I mean, one of my biggest complaints with Final Fantasy VII was that, right, is that you were loading every time you went to a new area and it just took forever. So stuff like that being cut down or almost altogether eliminated is very exciting to me. Uh, and then the controller, it's probably tied with that. That controller is amazing, and I want more games that use it well. Uh, and I'm kind of looking for that now. Um, it, it, I mean, honestly, it'll probably convince me... Like, I have a fairly nice PC. Um, it'll probably convince me to play more games on PlayStation than it will on PC if they support that stuff. So, like, that's how much I like it. Yeah, that's really exciting to have this sort of machine that's capable of all of this we didn't mention either the controller also supports motion controls um yeah i feel like that's kind of been a thing for a while but it it's... has but i don't think so the xbox one controllers didn't and neither do the i believe the series x controllers don't as well so it's not necessarily standard but it does support that stuff and astro's playroom does use it like a it, it reminds me of like playing doom on switch or whatever with with the gyro aiming um, it, it feels similar to that, which I know a lot of people do like. So, um, you know, potentially, I'm sure if we get more shooters, uh, potentially that stuff will become standard for everybody. And that's really great because I hear a lot of people really love the gyro aiming for Switch games, specifically like Splatoon and Wolfenstein and Doom and all that. But having that on a more powerful console is definitely going to be a plus. More power for console with more consistent frame rates, you know? Like, I yeah, feel like that's, that's completely true. Half the problem with those games, too, is, like, it's cool that you can be a little more accurate, but it doesn't matter if it's losing frames. <laughs> like, it honestly just makes it feel worse sometimes, but, um, but yeah. Um, so any, any major complaints about the console so far? Okay, so I think my biggest complaint, and this is something that will get worked out as the generation goes forward, is how it organizes games and the difference between game versions is weird. Um, if you did what I did, which was buy a bunch of PS4 discs so you can upgrade them later to PS5 versions, the way it is organized on the system is wild because you will put in the disc and it will uh, you know, show it on the menu and be like, okay, here's Assassin's Creed. Uh, it's the PS4 version, and oh, you can upgrade to the PS5 version for free. You just you you need the disc to authenticate it each time. I'm like, cool. Download the PS5 version then. It does that, but to play that version, you have to then go to the More Options menu on the PS4 version, and one of those options will be, you know, it's like the PS4 version. When you do that, it'd be like eject disc, blah blah blah. Here's help and options stuff like that, and then one of those options will be okay, switch to the PS5 version. <laughs> um, that's lame. <laughs> yeah, on the menu. It just doesn't automatically do that. It's like, it's weird. Uh, so you'll have to do that, which is 
bizarre and i know some people were having problems like oh, there was a lot of people who thought they were playing the ps5 version of call of duty but they were playing the ps4 version the whole time because it's not great at organizing that um it also lists demos and stuff there so like for tony hawk it lists the warehouse demo on mine which is it's just a weird way to do it um not the end of the world, ultimately, though, I do have one major complaint about that. Specifically with Assassin's Creed, I don't know if this is the only game it's a problem with. But while I'm playing the PS5 version, when I have the PS4 disc in it, which you have to have to play it if you're doing it like that, it automatically goes, oh, you put a new disc in, let's install. And so every time I reboot up that game, it starts to install the PS4 version of it. Which is super dumb and annoying, and I don't know why, <laughs> I doesn't seem there to be a way where I can stop that from automatically happening. And this is a console with a terabyte hard drive, which is not a lot of space. So it's not really a problem for me right now, but it's annoying. Like, like I'm already playing the PS5 version and it's just assuming I want the PS4 version installed as well. It's just a weird thing that hopefully they patch because it's wild that they do that. Yeah, so I mean, not flawless, but it's pretty, pretty solid overall. You'd say. Yes, um, for the most part, I've had a pretty great experience. Um, uh, I, I do want to give nods to the ray tracing. It looks really good in the two games that I've played that have it, uh, being Astro and Spider Man. They look fantastic. Spider Man actually has a mode they just added, because it does have a. Fidelity, fidelity mode and a performance mode uh, so like PS4 Pro games did have uh, they added a mode that's a compromise between the two which is performance but with ray tracing which is what I've been playing on it's to my dumb eyes seems to be running at 60 constantly with the ray tracing it looks great um, Astro's Playroom looks fantastic um, and then all the other games that I've played too Assassin's Creed looks pretty great uh, and it runs really well too which is nice for that game because the PS4 version did not run that well. Um, so there's like an obvious an uh, difference there. It's um, It's been really nice. It's been a really great experience, honestly, for the most part, aside from that installing thing. But other than that, yeah, it's been pretty good. Yeah, so how was the transition from PS4 to PS5? In terms oh, okay. Of <laughs> so that the transition sucks. Um It'll do a thing that's really interesting that I think is cool, where once you set up your PS5, it'll ask you if you want to transfer from a PS4. Uh, and what that is, is if you have your stuff on the same network, and I think you can Ethernet them together too to make it faster, um, it will. you can just transfer all your data from there, including full games. So it's kind of like if you've ever gotten a, a new DS or whatever, um, and you're transferring all your stuff from your old one. It works kind of like that. Um, supposedly. I did not get this to work fully. The first time I did, I went, okay, I want to bring everything I can over, and it was like, okay, this is going to take eight hours. So I was like, okay, no, I want to play. So I canceled that. Um, which supposedly I hear now that you can do it in the background, but it didn't seem like it when I was doing it, so I don't know what that is. Uh, maybe look that up before you do it. So I was like, whatever, I'll just install Spider-Man and download the stuff, it's fine. Um, started doing all that and then went okay but you can do this process and just do it with save data that seems easier than pulling everything from the cloud so i'll do that and so i went was like okay i'm gonna go grab everything from my ps4 that's plugged in right next to my ps5 right um did that a it took an hour to grab all my save data um which seems a little unnecessary <laughs> granted i have a couple gigs of it on the console but still um and it didn't work so when I booted up Reunited Trilogy on my PS5, my save files weren't there at all. When I booted up Tony Hawk, it started booted up a new game. Uh, the only one that worked was Last of Us Part Two. That worked flawlessly. Everything else had problems. I don't understand why, because I waited for an hour for it to finish. I did everything correctly. It did not work. The thing that did work is I turned on my PS4, re-uploaded my Spyro and Tony Hawk saves to the cloud, turned on my PS5, went to the cloud, and re-downloaded those saves, and then it worked. So Which the system-to-system system transfer didn't, but the cloud system did. Did, yes. 
Huh. Okay. Well, at least you so, got it working, but that's way more convoluted than it should be. Yeah. So my advice to you, unless you wanted to go through the entire transfer process with games you already have on your PS4, would be to just download what you want to play now and then um, grab things from the cloud. Assuming, of course, you have PlayStation Plus, because I'm pretty sure you can't put saves in the cloud if you don't, or if you're not a subscriber to that. Which, if you don't, then that's a problem. Um, and I, yeah, I don't, I don't know what that issue is or why that didn't work. Uh, because the saves were all on the console. Like when I transferred them, just, I, they're it in just the storage. Didn't know what to do. Yeah, and that was the other thing I did. By the way, I don't know if this is necessary. Before I downloaded my cloud storage, I deleted those saves that were already there. Um, just in case it was getting hung up on that. Uh, I don't know. I didn't test it without deleting that stuff, so I would just be cautious about it and just delete it anyway. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, that was kind of a frustrating experience, but other than that, it seemed fine. Well, cool. Those are all the questions I had. It seems pretty pretty solid, pretty exciting to have a new generation console. Yeah, man, it's really exciting. Um it was a huge bummer when they came out and I wasn't able to get a pre-order or find one forever. Um, so if you're listening to this, I hope you get one. Like, It's been kind of a nightmare. Um, don't pay a scalper if you can help it. <laughs> yeah, because I don't like supporting that kind of business practice. And also, you pay way more than you should. <laughs> yeah, totally. And I would say it's not nice enough to where you should pay over the market value for it <laughs> like it's great like 500 dollars is a, a good price for it yeah and i've seen people being paying over a thousand which is like guys at that point just build a pc and i, I know that's a lot harder than just getting a console but like if you're gonna spend the thousand then yeah just build don't it. don't don't pay over 500 dollars for the console it's great but it's not that great <laughs> um and also we're gonna talk about we're gonna primarily focus on astrobot here but miles is very good it's a great launch game, so highly recommend so far. I haven't beaten it yet, but I can't imagine it'll fall apart in the last like hour or so I have left. Well, all right, so now we're getting into Astro. Let's get into Astro. so this is a this is sort of uh, it's called Astro's Playroom of course it's uh, it launched the day of the console so November 12th um, so it, it you have on here is developed by uh, Japan Studio is uh, Asobi a team within there do you know yes yeah, so Asobi the Asobi team is a team within Japan Studio gotcha um, and then it was, of course, published by Sony for the PlayStation 5, because that would be weird if it wasn't. <laughs> yep, comes free with uh, your PlayStation 5. Comes pre-installed. It is not. You have to download it. <laughs> well, it comes mostly pre-installed. <laughs> Almost pre-installed. It's available to you. It's available for you to play. Um, here's the wild thing. Here's the statement I'm going to put out here. I've been thinking about this a lot. This is the best pack-in game in any console ever. Oh, dang. That's a big statement. It is a big statement. Now, the thing I couldn't remember... Well, I couldn't remember. I wasn't alive. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if you know this. Did Mario World come with the Super Nintendo? I'm not sure. The only ones I can think of as, like, pack-in titles was Mario 1 was packed in with the NES. This is better than Mario 1. I mean, yeah. I, at the time, eh, but yeah, nowadays yeah, for sure. With the twenty twenty hindsight, of course. Um, yes, um, this is the better other than Wii Sports. Which is the oh, see, that's a that's a big claim. It is. I think this is much better than Wii Sports, and I love Wii Sports. I'm not a Wii Sports hater, to be clear. <laughs> I'm a big fan of Wii Sports. Uh, I still love Wii Sports, though. Yeah, so Wii Sports is if, fantastic. I don't know if it tops that. Ooh, okay, okay. I'll make a case. I'll make a case. Um, yeah, if Mario World was a pack-in, then it's probably second best. I'll, I'll give it that. But if it not, it, then it is the best. Um, certainly better than Hexen with the Xbox 360, which is still a pretty good game. Uh, 
by the way. I wonder if there's a version of Hexen available on modern systems. Hexen was cool. Uh, okay, uh, yeah, so it's um, so it's a 3D platformer. <laughs> um, and the idea is it's essentially a really glorified and expanded tech demo for specifically the controller. It's showing you all the features of that rumble and the motion controls and basically everything the controller has to offer is shown off in the game. Um, but also at the same time, it's this kind of amazing and endearing love letter to PlayStation's history. It's a really cool experience if you have any sort of nostalgia for PlayStation at all whatsoever. It's it's kind of, it's honestly pretty special. <laughs> like I really really had an amazing time with this thing. Uh, what about yeah. you? Give me your quick. Don't uh, don't talk about spoilers or anything. We'll do that in a second. But just what are your overall impressions? I mean, I was really impressed with the. I mean, just sheer uh, attention to detail that went into this game. Obviously, it's really short. It's not meant to be like a major adventure or anything. It's just a small packing thing to show you what the PS5 is capable of. But while they could have done something really simple just to show that off, they kind of went a step above to do this actually really fun 3D platformer and also pay respects to all of PlayStation's history for the last however many years. And when you say all of it, I mean you all of it. pretty much mean all of it. Like, it is all of it. dense. It is so, like, everywhere you look is another little reference. And, like, it is you can't look at any part of that game and not see some nod to PlayStation somewhere. It's fascinating, and it is awesome. Like, it's amazing. Uh, we're talking about the references and how cool they are, but it's also just a great platformer. <laughs> like, it controls very tightly. It's satisfying to master... It actually has a couple of speedrunning levels, like time trials, obstacle courses, and those are really fun to run through uh, and sort of test your platforming skill and how quickly you can do it. Um, it's very simple. It's got like a punch button, like Mario 64. You jump, of course, and then it doesn't have a double jump. It has more of a like a glide, kind of like Spyro, I would say, um, where you shoot lasers from your feet, and that also can double as an attack. And that's pretty much it for gameplay. You can pick up certain things, um, you know, to help you solve puzzles or whatever, and you can pull objects. But other than that, it's a very simple and it's incredibly satisfying. It's probably one of my favorite platformers this year. Um, you know, up there with Crash Bandicoot. It's awesome. Like, Yeah, well, I think it really benefits from being both short and really simple because the, I mean, the fact that it's short means that all of the little gimmick levels and the added power-ups and whatnot don't have to be these massive things they could just be like hey look at this cool thing and then you're done with it but i mean everything controls super well and i nothing in the game really felt more frustrating than it was fun i felt like i was having fun the whole time which is great for a platformer obviously not every platform hits that but everything i mean it also huge plus to this game because it doesn't have lives I know that's like a modern standard nowadays, but still great. They mm -hmm. managed to have collectible coins and stuff while not having them like tied to having lives, which is great. So, it, but it still incentivizes you to collect coins because you can spend them on the Gosher machine and collect more collectibles, which is great. So you, you're sort of encouraged to explore the levels find coins and these collectible puzzle pieces as well as the little references scattered throughout the game so i feel like it has enough for exploring or if you just want to bust through it i feel like it's pretty satisfying to move fast and get through the level pretty quickly totally and we're saying it's short it's short but it's i, I would say like if you're looking at everything and wanting to fully 100 percent it it's, it's at least two hours if not more like it's substantial enough it's got a platinum trophy with a bunch of little extra trophies that are just little dumb challenges to again make more references <laughs> like it's um it's substantial for something that is free for your free i guess it's technically a 500 hundred dollar game if you want to look at it that way but um <laughs> it's uh it's really cool man um uh, even those gimmicky levels 
I think they're fun enough. Like, they don't overstay their welcome at all. It's not like, like, as much as I love Wii Sports, um, Wii Sports boxing isn't fun, right? <laughs> like, yeah, like it's... a fifth of that game isn't great. So, like, like this, I don't feel that way about even the dumb little, like, motion control, like, monkey segments, right? Where you have to, like, motion control and grab certain things and, like, stuff like that. Those are still enjoyable. Like, everybody in this game, I, I just had a big dumb smile on my face the entire time. You know, it reminded me of playing Crash 4 or uh, the Ratchet and Clank game in 2016, right? It's just, like, enjoyable and fun and happy, and it's also just got all these fun PlayStation references all over the place. Um, and uh, I feel like something we should have mentioned is this isn't the first Astrobot game. No. This is technically the second one. The first one was a VR exclusive for PS4 called Astrobot's Rescue Mission, which apparently is this but with vr gimmicks and also longer and more fleshed out and also really great but neither of us have a vr so we haven't played it this so if it's anything like it, this though. if it's anything like this then yeah it's got to be pretty great yeah totally um well let, let's uh I, I if you're gonna get a ps5 don't spoil yourself on this it's fun it's cute uh especially if you have any playstation nostalgia for anything PlayStation related, pretty much. Uh, Even if you just jumped in with the PS4, like there's still a bunch of nods to stuff like that. Yep, totally. So we're gonna just you know talk about the stuff we like from it. Spoilers and quotes. Uh, so you know, g- get out if you don't want to hear that stuff. And I honestly, if you have any interest, you don't wait and play it. <sighs> All right. Um, what is what is what reference do you think of first? Like, what is your favorite little thing? Oh, man. The one that's coming to mind right now is the Vib Ribbon. The Vib Ribbon one is great. Um, that and the Resident Evil one. Yeah, the Resident Evil one, which I did not at first recognize as Resident Evil. <laughs> but, but yeah, once, once you said that, I put it together. I was like, oh, it's so cute. Um, I love that you can interact with almost all of them. If you just... Like, the Resident Evil one, if you go up and punch Wesker, you, like like he flings the the virus up in the air and he like juggles with it trying to catch it (laughs) he looks all concerned it's yeah if you go up and punch the door that chris and um jill Jill. i think are behind sorry i'm not versed in my resident evil quite yet there's a zombie behind it and if you punch the door then they freak out and try and close it real quick (laughs) yeah um i love that and i love it's wait. I guess we didn't say it's. They're basically all these little astrobots cosplaying, like you know, Sony characters. And yeah, I love that you could just go punch them, and they have different little animations for it. Um, I really love the Loco Roco one, which is this giant astrobot head that's inflatable, and you go punch it, and it's a little tiny. You know, it bursts apart into like twenty little tiny astrobot heads that then form together to form the big one again. It's just really cute and enjoyable. Um, I also love that Last of Us one. Which is, um, you know, clearly Joel, Joel and Ellie, and Ellie's like terrified behind this wall, and Joel's got a brick, and then it's just this other astrobot like doing its zombie arms, and he's just got little colorful mushrooms all over his head. It's just like so cute, like the entire thing is so adorable. Um, I love the there's a Devil May Cry one where he's where uh, you know this astrobot with a Dante wig and jacket is. Uh, got double pistols and he's shooting another astrobot in the air and keeping him in the air <laughs> just juggling him with his yes. little his it's, little pebble gun it's amazing uh and th- you know these are like the big ones you know resident evil there's a silent hill 2 one with a pyramid head dragging a guy uh there's jack and daxter and ratchet and clank and all that there's a sly cooper one but then there's some really really obscure ones that i was like oh i did not expect them to re-. there's like there's one for everybody's golf VR specifically. <laughs> and I was like, oh, wow. Okay. Did not rec- uh, expect them to reference that. It's so good. Um, my favorite obscure reference slash joke in there is in the PlayStation Labo room. Um, if you run up to, at the back, there's somebody holding up a the Sony logo, the Sony Entertainment logo. And if you punch it, uh, they drop it. And it's the old logo, like the PS1 logo and they freak out and they put the new one over it <laughs> it's like that's how <laughs> deep the references go in here they're referencing fucking old corporate logos like that's amazing 
the also the fact that since you're in the PlayStation Labo, this is where all of your artifacts are gathered and they kind of just hang out in this room. And the big ones that you get as rewards for beating the levels are the four main PlayStation consoles, one through four. And the end of the levels are all themed after their boot-up sounds, which was amazing. <laughs> yes. But within the Labo, you get the little artifacts and you can get more in the Gasha machine. And some of those are extremely deep cut references to just hardware specifically. Like, who even knew that the PSP had a GPS add-on? Oh my god, yeah, dude. And like, some of them, if you're really well-versed in your PlayStation history, like the Pocket Station, that's pretty great to see. I mean, that's the weird PlayStation VMU, essentially. You got PlayStation Move remotes, you got the ps2 network adapter of all things the buzz controllers the buzz (laughs) the dildo guns yeah it's um it's pretty dense in terms of its references it's it's just so cool (laughs) the modem the ps2 um the adapter the it's the network adapter yeah yeah, the the network adapter it's just like like that's the level of what we're doing here um yeah, man. Uh, and then you also get these little scenes of these little astrobots working on stuff. Uh, that's what there's a spiral reference to, which I'm all about, of course. Um, I love the one where you can get trophies and you can go steal a trophy and you get a trophy for picking up a trophy, which is fun. You got um, a trophy. You got a trophy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's uh, it's so adorable. And the astrobots are just so goddamn cute. Um, I... What is your favorite level? Like, what is your favorite, like, level that utilizes the controller? Is there anything you can uh, think of? Because for me... I'll... I think it'd probably have to be that space level. The uh, the one where you're platforming in space or the one where you're in the rocket? Those are the same level, so yeah. <laughs> so, oh, so just all of it. Yeah. So just all of it, yeah. Yeah. The, the rumble and the triggers on that section is really cool. Um when you're in the rocket and then yeah the space stuff um it is you get a little machine gun gatling gun thing and the, it shows off the motion controls too and you get a bow in a different level too uh that does that. that's also the level with the resistance um easter egg so yes yes the little skull guy um yeah yeah it's also got the silent hill reference in yep, it too. and kill zone and yeah. You know, just everything in this game. <laughs> yeah. Mine's got to be sort of, and it's the first level I think most people will go to. It's the SSD. No, not the SSD Speedway. Uh, that's the one you're talking about. It's the uh, Cooling Spring section. It's specifically the first section because it starts you out on a slide, which throws you into water, which feels different on your controller. And then you walk up onto a sandy beach, which feels different. And then you have to walk through these giant um, fans that are blowing on your character and it's coming through the controller and it all just feels so good like like on that controller it's what i'm talking about about how everything you do has a different rumble to it and it feels so immersive and cool uh and it that like from moment one playing that game it totally blew me away yeah and something that i really appreciate about the way that it's used specifically in astro's playroom is a lot of those effects with the rumble are accentuated by good use of the controller speaker i feel like it hasn't been until this game that a speaker and a controller has been used to full effect like i know the wii has definitely tried stuff what with like calling and silent hill shattered memories using it but the speaker quality was really quite awful so like even if you were using it it's really bad Mm -hmm. this i feel like the speaker quality is really great and then using that in conjunction with the immersive rumble and the adaptive triggers really feels like what's happening on screen is also happening in your controller yeah totally it's um it's a really special experience it's fascinating and and you talk about the the controller speaker right like i was also on playstation 4 and i turned that shit off (laughs) because it's bad um i mean it's also on wii u if you count the wii u but who remembers the wii u what's the wii u (laughs) um the what? Yeah. You mean the uh, Wii? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, man. It's it's really cool. Um, 
and and you mentioned it earlier, but those those end of level sections um, where you the cooling springs one was the first one I did. So when you get to the end of the level and then you hear the sound, you hear this, the orchestra starting up sound, and you slowly realize that like, oh wait, everything around me is the UI for the PlayStation Three. Yeah, it's even got the icons floating around in the background. That's so amazing. Yeah, it's fantastic. Um, and the rest of them too. The ending of the levels are just really good. Um, the PS4 one's very similar to that, and then you get the the PS2 one, which also has the cool UI in the background. The PS1 one is great because you plat- you platform over a mountain of giant uh, CRTs that all boot up with the PlayStation uh, boot up sound. It's it's it really hits you if you played any of those systems. It's kind of amazing. Um, also, it's just really fun to be a tiny little astrobot and platforming around uh, platforming around these giant systems when you unlock them in uh the the labo <laughs> like it's it's adorable in that way um but i mean the actual levels when they're not just constantly referencing other playstation properties i feel like the design of them is still really solid you know we talked about the astrobot himself being really cute and a great design i love the very um wally type eve uh scan line screen for a face i feel like that allows for a lot of expressiveness but the rest of the areas all of the actual levels are made out of just technical bits (laughs) so like even the grass is like wires and stuff and then you can see some of the walls are just built out of what looks to be the back of playstation consoles where they have different hdmi ports or usb ports or whatnot I find all that stuff really charming as well. Oh, um, yeah. The enemy design also kind of matches that with their robotic but still pretty sleek designs. They look like cartoony enemies, but also like a thing that would exist in this robotic universe. Yeah, and I mean, that's that's part of the charm of it, right? Is it's this cartoony universe that is exists in your PlayStation 5, right? Every area you're going to is a different piece of the hardware, um, whether it's the SSD hard drive or the, the fans or, you know, whatever. <laughs> like, it's... It's so charming in that way. I love how everything, like almost every platform, looks like a graphics card or whatever. <laughs> like, like it's really cute. Um, I like all. I love how the tight ropes will sometimes you'll get to the end of a tight rope and it'll be a PlayStation One memory card holding it in place, or whatever. <laughs> like it's just it's that level of you are you. This is just a PlayStation world. <laughs> And yeah, even you are you're inside not, the PlayStation. Yeah, even when you're not noticing that stuff, you'll look over and the clouds will be made out of the the PlayStation symbols, right? Like it's yeah, so... or the they'll just be sand sculptures of the uh, PlayStation One controller, the original yeah. non DualShock One. Yeah, totally. It's um, it's amazing. <laughs> like, um, yeah it's uh and, you know it just doesn't it doesn't hurt that it's got references from final fantasy 7 to horizon zero dawn to days gone to medieval you know it's just all over the place in such a fun way even things like resogun which we had to look up <laughs> yeah i didn't even realize it was a resogun ship um you know you get your wipeout and your infamous and your it's just man ghost even your stuff made it in yeah ghost of shishima's in there <laughs> Uh, little big planets in there you know it's it's just really dreams adorable. made it in there <laughs> yeah um so i big big props to that it's so much fun and so satisfying to play um and also it culminates in a really cool way um with you fighting the t-rex demo from the playstation one <laughs> Oh my god, this moment was so great. I love the way that the T-Rex tromps towards the screen just like he did in the demo screen. But while he does that, the screen aspect ratio shrinks <laughs> back yes. down to a 4-3. This is also the only real like boss fight in the game, but man, it's it's pretty great. It's so fun. Like it's a great boss fight. <laughs> um, you know, where you're fighting this giant T-Rex and I love how you be him in that PlayStation One area, and then he uh, gets armor and looks for much much more modern, and he chases you up to a different area, and it's a much harder fight. <laughs> like 
it's so charming and adorable. Um, it really makes you think about how far PlayStation's evolved. And then really makes you sad when you realize that they won't let me put in a PlayStation 1 disc into my PS5. <laughs> I would say, yeah. that's probably the only negative thoughts this whole demo gave me. It was like, it's super cool you guys are referencing this. I wish you'd go all in, though. Yeah, I wish you would let me just play the game. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, why don't you just let me play Silent Hill 2 on this? And then yeah, can why talk. can't I put in my, you know, my Spyro the Dragon PS1 disc and have it work? <laughs> but whatever. Um, it's... It's just so charming. Also, big shout out to any game that lets you play the credits. Always a fan of that. <laughs> yep, Smash Bros. is the big big call there, but, you know, just let me play the credits. Yeah, <laughs> if you want me to credits, watch them, fun. let me punch them. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, is there anything we missed that you want to talk about? I mean, not really. I feel like this is both the perfect sort of demo of what your playstation 5 is capable of but also just a pretty solid game (laughs) like even if you i know it's designed mainly as something to play in between downloads of other games and waiting for other things to come out since the playstation 5 doesn't have a whole lot at the moment but i mean the the sobe team really went above and beyond to make something really special um especially if you're a playstation fan so don't just dismiss it when you get a PS5. Definitely give it a shot. Totally. It's a really fun Platinum, too. Uh, really enjoyable. Only, you know, it's only takes a couple hours to Platinum it fully, so it's a it's a great time. Um, also, they do something really smart where they take, because this game has time trials. Um, it's time trial. It's three achievements. It's the time trial achievement, which you have to, like, do all time trials times, and they have to add that up to under seven minutes, which is actually a little challenging, but that's cool. And then, uh, the, I think it's the one for getting all of the collectibles, just everything. And then there's another one, which is kind of a sillier one, which I don't really understand why it's there and not in the full game, but whatever. Um, but those are separate from the game, so you can get the Platinum without completely 100%ing it, which is just really thoughtful, and I think really lets you know how, like, like the Asobi team clearly knows what PlayStation fans want. Which is like, if you like going for Platinums, time trials are your bane. Right? You hate them because they will ruin Platinums for you. Because you don't want to put that much time into something, right? And I think it's really smart to separate that stuff out uh, for people who just want to Platinum the game and have a good time. Like, I think that's really cool. But they also, you know, offer that trophy for those who want a little extra challenge. I think it's, like, like that, that's so smart. And clearly they pay attention to the audience who wants that kind of thing. Not to mention the speedrunning courses, the time trial ones are unique platforming stages other than the gimmick ones which i think are also unique stages i didn't actually get to play those but the i mean that's still a unique level to play even if you're not into you know racing for a great time or beat all your friends it's still a unique level it's pretty fun yeah totally um it's it's just a all-around great experience i really hope this results in either or both both would be cool. A port of the PSVR game. Um, you know, maybe a reworking of it to make it work. Without the VR? Yeah, kind of like they, what they did with Tearaway on PS4. Um, you know, I say they, I don't think it's the same team, but, but you know, similar concept. Or a new one, a new Astrobot game. Like, I, I hope that this is kind of a preview of a new one, you know, like of a full new game. Because if so, I'm sold. I will totally buy that and play it. And make you buy it and play it and play it for the show. Because... <laughs> I mean, I you don't have to force me. I'd be down to play yeah. it. Yeah. Um, it's a fantastic little platformer. And I really hope we see more of Astrobot. I, I want him to be another mascot. Also, this game has just gotten me, somehow, even though I bought a whole console for it, more excited for Ratchet & Clank. <laughs> <laughs> I know. the God, that Ratchet & Clank looks so good. Yeah, man. Um, so, yeah, Astrobot, play it. Don't sleep on it with your brand new PS5. Um, so, this will come out on the off Saturday when we don't have an episode, a regular episode for you. And so, the next week, next Saturday, we will be starting our our Sonic Adventure Marathon. So, our first episode on Sonic Adventure will be out then. Uh, check it out. 
you know, you can play along with us at least for the first two games. Those are available on modern systems. Annoyingly, the other ones are not. But, um, you, you know, check it out if, you, if you're interested in that. It was fun. It was a fun episode. Uh, fun games. So Yeah, I mean, I bought a console, not a PS5, but I did buy a console for this, for that episode. So check yeah. that out. Yeah, Connor went deep on it, so definitely check that out. Me and my Dreamcast, we're taking it all the way. Uh, Yeah, so we will see you next week for that. And until then, uh, have a a good year. I guess this is the second of the year, so, you know, I hope hope your 2020 was better than most. (laughs) Um, And let's hope 2021 is even better. I guess it would be hard to be better. It'd be hard to be worse, I guess. Um, yeah. Well, don't tempt it. Go out there yeah. and make it better. That's my that's my quest for you. Yeah, go out there and be good to one another. Yeah, yeah. and take care. Take care.